Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we share different ideas and tools that we hope really help you, and they do always help us, to navigate that squiggly career that we all now have with just that bit more confidence and control. And if this is the first time that you have listened to the Squiggly Careers podcast, it is worth knowing that along with what you're going to listen to today, we also create lots of different resources to support you with your development. So every episode comes with a pod sheet, which is a one page summary of the main stuff we talk about. So you can take action easily on social media. Every week we share um, a pod note so you can get that on our Amazing If LinkedIn page and also at Amazing If on Instagram. And then we also have a pod plus session every week. So on a Thursday, lots of lovely like minded learners all come together. It is free for Thursday. 30 minutes at 9am to talk about what we are discussing today and dive a bit deeper into it. All the information for those things will be on the show notes. And if you ever can't find any of it, you can either go to our website, amazingif.com or just email us if it's easier. We are Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And today we're going to be talking about how to increase your visibility at work. And I said to Sarah, I was like, oh, can I do a quick shout out before we get started today? Squiggly shout out. Squiggly shout out to my friend Mel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we have many listeners every week, but I just want to do a shout out to my friend Mel who listens while she goes running. And I find that really strange, like running along in the village where Mel lives, listening to us talk. So hi, Mel. Also more relevant to the world of squiggly careers. Worth knowing about our squiggly career video book, everybody. So this year we launched the squiggly career video book to bring to life our book the squiggly career it is a just about 50 minutes of video that you can watch and it has lots of the exercises tools that you can download to support you to take action and you can get it from litvideobooks.com lots of other ones on there too the long game from dory clark for example ethan cross's book chatter Shelley Archambault, Unapologetically Ambitious. So quite a few previous guests from the podcast. That's actually how we discovered it as a concept and as an idea. And we do know books are not for everyone or we buy books and then we never read them. And what I really like about the format with these video books is they're all broken down. So you could just go and watch five or 10 minutes at a time. They're still really practical. And what's a bit different compared to the Squiggly Career book 
the company that have made this with us actually asked us for people who've had squiggly careers to share their stories. So actually you'll you'll hear people from all across the world talking a bit about some of the work that they've done on their career, what worked, what they found hard. You also get an animated Helen and Sarah and you get <laughs> and you get the real Helen and Sarah so you can decide which one you prefer. Um so it's I think it keeps you really interested and engaged and I like how flexible it is. You can sort of watch it in a way that works for you. And when you go to litvideobooks.com, you can also get free access for three days to The Squiggly Career and all those other books that Sarah mentioned. So if you just want to give it a go and see if it's worth it, it's probably a good way to get started. So today we're talking about how to increase your visibility at work. And I think this is one of those maybe slightly like, I'm going to call it like, ugh, topics. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those areas that maybe sometimes you get feedback on and someone says, oh, you know, one of the things you should work on is increasing your visibility. And you just think, ugh, like, how am I going to do that? What do you mean by that? So I think sometimes it can prompt that kind of response. Or perhaps if you're more introverted like me, you think, oh, does this mean I need to start speaking more or sort of shouting louder? And that feels really counterintuitive to my personality. And interestingly, we've done quite a lot of research before today's podcast. So People do talk about this as a topic, but there aren't many practical ideas or actions, certainly that I could discover. There's also definitely a skew towards this being feedback that women get. So when I was looking at different podcast episodes and different articles, it often sort of comes under the category of, oh, women need to do this, but men don't. And so I find that quite interesting. And that also might be why, you know, some people might have a negative reaction to this to kind of go, well, why do I have to do it because of my gender? Or why do I have to do this because I'm a bit more introverted? So, you know, we never wants to shy away from a more <laughs> difficult squiggly topic. We thought we'd take it on and hopefully make it useful. Whether you think this is something you already do well and you want to get even better, or whether you're in the, I should do this, but I've sort of never found a way to make it work for me. And so why is this worth your time? We think that when you proactively increase your visibility so it's something that you feel confident and in control of what happens is that you pull possibilities towards you and you're effectively increasing your options and your opportunities in your squiggly career which is like one of the biggest benefits of squiggly careers so it's one of the ways that you sort of take control of that the other thing that increasing your visibility helps with is it gives other people the chance to amplify and advocate for you because when they you know, see your strengths, they know what you're good at, they kind of want you to do well, they've got more stuff to share on your behalf, which means that your brand goes a bit further. And then the third thing is that it increases your curiosity. So when you're increasing your visibility, you're sort of putting yourself with more people in more places and that curiosity can create unexpected connections. And so I think there's there's quite a lot of enjoyment in doing that. Sort of where can I increase my visibility and who might that put me into contact with that I don't know today? So what do we think it means to increase your visibility? Well, as we were saying, we don't think it is just about being seen. We think it's being seen and heard. So both your words and your work. And it's about making sure that your impact is recognised. And when that impact is recognised by the right range of people, it means that they can amplify and advocate on your behalf. So it can make your work go further and make your work worth more. And we think it's also important to think about this both internally and externally. So increasing your visibility in your organisation and think about what does this mean in terms of my industry. 
So this doesn't mean everyone knows who I am and I need to sort of spend loads of my time doing something that feels inauthentic to me. I do think the only way that this will work is if you kind of move your mindset away from, oh, this is something I should do to what feels authentic to me. So how can I develop my own approach to increasing my visibility so it feels like it's mine and it belongs to me? And also, of course, we want to be sophisticated enough to have that appreciation of what's the culture and the context that I'm working in. So, you know, of course, we need to adapt along the way. But I do think our aim here, our jobs to do individually is to figure out what does this look like for me? And maybe could I even enjoy it? And we have touched a little bit on this topic before when in episode 172, we talked about how to stay visible when you're working remotely. But I think today's topic is a bit bigger. It's not just about I'm at home. How do I still get seen? It's more you and your career. How do you make sure that, you know, your work and your words are seen more broadly? So let's start with the statement that loads of people listening, I reckon, will be thinking right now, which is, well, surely if I work hard enough, and I do really good quality work, that should be enough. Why should I even worry about this? You know, if we were all in good places of work, this wouldn't even be a thing. What, like, what do we think about that? Because I do think that will be lots of people's barrier to even getting started. Do you know what? I think that's where that uh, sounds that <laughs> yeah. sound comes from because it's like I'm already working really hard, yeah. and I think this is not about working harder. harder. So yeah, it's yeah. not like to be more visible, you have to do more stuff. It's not that at all. I think. This is about making sure the hard work you already do gets seen and heard by people that it might not be doing. And I don't think you can assume that it is, that it is being seen and heard and that it's being seen and heard in a way that you would want it to. I think this is just really about taking control of your impact. So you are working hard and you are doing good work, but you might need to do something more so that that is seen and heard in a way that you feel in control of. So I think that's the distinction we're trying to make, not doing more, but making sure what you already do is kind of impacts in the way that you want it to. I also think you have to ask yourself the question of, well, where will increasing my visibility be useful? So what we're not suggesting is that you take all the ideas for action we're going to talk about today and do all of them for every piece of work or project that you're involved in at the moment. I was really thinking hard about like, when have I done this well so far in my career? And like, what does this look like? And it very rarely looks like always doing this in exactly the same way. I think you make some choices and I think you almost pick what matters most in terms of increasing your visibility. And at certain moments, it might be about you and like your personal brand as sort of an individual and your sort of squiggly career and where you want that to take you. And we'll talk a bit about that. Or sometimes it might be, oh, you're working on a really high profile project or something you're really passionate about or a cause that really matters to you. And you can see that, well, if I increase my visibility, that work is going to go further. It's going to be even better than sort of if I kept it smaller. And so just starting to think about like, why is this useful for me? I think starts to unlock like why we might go away and spend some time thinking about this. So what we're going to do now is go through five ideas for action so that you can feel more confident and in control of your visibility. And then right at the end, we've got a few little tips and tactics that we wanted to throw in. So they're like small little things that you can do. Yeah, We couldn't resist throwing a few more things in, but your five ideas for action are coming up first. So idea for action one, which builds on what I was just talking about, is understanding your visibility, whys and what's. 
So here are three coach yourself questions, which I think until you answer these, it's very hard to get started. So first one, what do I want to increase my visibility in? So for example, is this a project, something you're passionate about, a specific piece of work, something to do with you and one of your strengths? Is it an area of expertise? It can be any of those things. So what do you want to increase your visibility in? Two, who do I want to increase my visibility with? This could be individuals. So you might be like actually naming, you know, John, Helen, Sarah. You might be talking about teams. Oh, the operations team, the retail team. It could be people outside of my organization, particularly influential people outside of your organization, for example. And it's very unlikely that the answer to that question is going to be everyone. Who do I want to increase my visibility with everyone? Because that's too vague, I think, to be helpful. And also it's pretty unrealistic, you know, to be able to get your visibility out there for everyone. And then the final question, where do I want to increase my visibility? So this again might be um, certain groups, you might be thinking internal versus external, where is the emphasis, maybe in particular kind of moments that you might have a specific meeting. I can think back to examples of jobs I've done where I would literally be able to go, well, in this meeting or in this steering group or in these get togethers that kind of happen, you know, the sort of the rituals and routines that happen in an organization. I think I definitely had earmarked, well, in that moment where let's say these leaders get together, I want to increase my visibility there. Or in this meeting, when these three head of departments get together, I want to increase my visibility in that moment. So just starting to kind of be able to answer that question of going, what would good look like here? How will I know when I've increased my visibility? Because I think that's the often the challenge, particularly if you do get this kind of feedback, you might want to very gently prompt that person who's given you that feedback to sort of say, oh, what would you imagine would look and feel different if I was doing this kind of even better? You know, what are some of your suggestions in terms of, you know, the what, the who, the where? And just see if because people could be really helpful here. They might have some really good suggestions for you. But I went through this and I won't kind of talk through the example now because you you don't need to hear more from us. You need to hear the ideas. But when I started to do this, like for myself, the what, the who, the where, it gave me a real focus. So I was like, I would know in six months time whether I had increased my visibility if I'd answered those three questions. When I was listening to you there, Sarah made a stumble that'll probably be edited out when she said sort of invisible versus visible. But it made me think, oh, actually, there's probably a scale here. So once you've answered that question, what do I want to increase my visibility in, the who and the where, you could probably, for each of your answers there, almost do like a visibility scale where at one end you've got, I'm invisible to that person, to that project. And at the other end, you've got, you know, I'm, I'm very visible. And just almost see where you're starting from, because it might help you to think about where's your biggest gap when you're doing that. So it could be an, an extra thing to build in. And I was also thinking, thinking oh I'd really value hearing this from our team so Mm. I think if you are a manager or a mentor you could really support people with this so if I understood like what my team wanted to do to increase their visibility you know the what the where and the who that would be a different way that I could support them with their development so even though these are coach yourself questions I think if you're a manager or a mentor you could use them to support people with their development too I even tested it live and I appreciate this is sort of specific to the work that we do but I was in a big group of people about 400 people that I was presenting to a few weeks ago and they were a group of people who I want to increase our squiggly visibility with so I thought I would just test it 
I just literally asked everyone in the room, like, how many people here have heard of Squiggly Careers? Not amazing if I thought that'd be too, that'd be too niche, <laughs> but I thought they might have heard of Squiggly Careers. And actually, that just gave me a really good sense check because they were people broadly in career development, but in a very different sector to ours and doing very different jobs. So we've got lots of teachers in the room as well as sort of career advisors working in schools and colleges. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see that probably about 20% of that room we'd got some visibility. So we we were invisible to 80% of that room. Mm. So you're like, wow, that's a big that's a big opportunity. I see that as an opportunity, not a gap, because we've not really been active about increasing our visibility there yet. But interesting that we'd already got some people in the room who basically had discovered us through their own, you know, their own work and their own initiative. And then that's really interesting because then you can sort of build from that point. So I was almost thinking, I'd love to be standing in this room again in a year's time and reverse that ratio. So we go from invisible to visible. So our second idea for action is all about creating your visibility principles. And the reason this is important is because of what Sarah said about authenticity. We're not all trying to build our visibility in the same way because we're not all the same person. And so the way that you can build your principles is, first of all, think about people in your sort of career community, wider network. You don't necessarily have to know these people directly, but people who you think of as being sort of highly visible. And I would just spend a minute thinking about, you know, that might be on social media, that might be in your company, that might be sort of networks you're part of. But get to a list of, say, five people that you think of as being highly visible and write their names down. And then for each of those people just think about what is it they do that makes them visible to you. And then once you've got that, the third question is, would what they do work for you? And if you're like, yes, absolutely, then why? And if you're like, no, that doesn't feel like me at all, then write that down. Because what you get to by answering those questions, the who do you see, what do they do, and would it work for you, is some insight into what your visibility (laughs) principles could be. And so Helen and I had a go at this and actually had quite a lot of fun doing it, I would say, <laughs> earlier. Um, it's, it's quite fun, isn't it? You know, it's almost like brilliant when it's you're not having to think about you. You can think about other people. It gives you a break for a bit. And what I think this does really help with is that uncomfortable sense or perhaps sometimes the default assumption we make about what does increasing your visibility look and feel like. So if you are someone like me, you think, oh, but I don't want to be the person that shouts the loudest. I don't want to spend more time on social media. And you go straight to all the things that you don't want to do. Whereas this exercise really unlocked for me, oh, but there are people who have got great visibility that I really admire. And what is it about their approach that I can learn from or that kind of might help me? So I got to a couple of people. I was giving them a shout out because I think they're doing great work. So I got to a lady called Nicola Kemp. And Nicola's done some training for us in Amazing If. She does a few different jobs. She's got a squiggly career. But one of the things that she does is something called Good Shout and also helps with kind of copy and writing skills. And one of the things I was thinking about Nicola that I really admire, and I think she's really visible, is that she shares her point of view and she really sponsors and advocates on behalf of other people. So she is incredibly supportive. I just feel like she's a really active advocate And so I will often see her commenting on other people's work saying, this is incredibly insightful. This company is really lucky to have you. I feel like she's always talking people up, Mm, always. She's she's like, she has this sort of sense of the way that she is visible is by like almost making other people visible. I love that about her. And I just sort of feel like even though she's sometimes talking about 
hard issues or challenges she does always kind of approach it with a well let's try and be positive and optimistic about like what we might do to change something and would that work for you yes yeah I think we have a different style yeah, I think she's probably a better writer than me, <laughs> given that's what she does for a living. But I don't do as much sort of very visible support and sponsorship. And I think the way that she does it in such a specific way increases her visibility. So she's not just going, oh, great news. I feel like she always just, you know, goes that little bit further. So I sort of go, yeah, that feels really comfortable to me. And I like the idea I'll be helping other people. And the other person who I always sort of enjoy spending time with, because they're very visible, is James Elfer, who is the founder of a company called More Than Now, behavioural scientists. And what he does is he uses data to disagree usefully. <laughs> and I sort of um, don't think I do either of those things particularly well, as in I don't use that much data and I get very nervous about disagreeing. And he does it in a very public way. So he's sharing something, but he still seems to have, I think his tone and his sort of common sense approach also invites conversation and means that he's looking for contributions. So he's not sort of being challenging for challenges sake, which I could never relate to because that's so far away from my approach. But I do read everything that, that James writes and I always think, Oh, I think I could learn from that. I think it would, if I wanted to increase my visibility as, say, a career development expert, if that is part of one of the things that's important to you, you can't just be agreeing with everybody all the time. You've got to have the confidence to sometimes challenge really constructively. And I look at what he does and think, oh, I could sort of borrow some brilliance if I wanted to increase my visibility in that area. And mine were quite different. I thought about two men, actually, that are sort of in in my network, one called Ian Sanders, one called David Hyatt. And David's been on our podcast. I've known Ian for a long time. And when I think about what they do that kind of flags them as being visible to me, they are both brilliant storytellers. So they will often show up on my social feeds. And when they show up on my social feed, obviously, you're scrolling through so much, aren't you, on like Instagram and LinkedIn, and I always stop, see and read their posts and it normally starts with a really compelling visual but then they have a really simple story that goes behind the visual that leaves you going oh that's interesting and then it has something to act on I really like that because it feels authentic and interesting and it's never like they're selling something but they kind of are they're selling an article they've written or a program that they're creating but it never comes across like that it just feels like I mean, they are their business. That's what it feels like because they are like Ian's business called, you know, the Ian Sanders company. Um, they are their business, but they portray that in a very authentic and engaging way. And so would it work for you? Yeah, I think it wouldn't. I think I could probably tell more stories than I do in a simple way that they do and sort of use the visuals to support it. There's a lot you that did I that brilliantly on. recently. What I can I think of one example where you did that when you shared a picture of the shepherd's hut that you've renovated. (laughs) So Helen has got a random shepherd's hut, everybody. Um, And with her daughter, she had sort of painted it to a good enough standard. I actually (laughs) thought it looked very impressive. But your whole point of that post, and it's interesting that I can remember it, given Mm. I couldn't remember most of what you post, um, that you posted that and you were saying about like, we'd done a podcast that week on when good enough is great. And you used a very, you know, used a really interesting image to sort of share a story. So might also be kind of quite helpful about thinking, well, you might do that in an ad hoc way. Well, and you might think about increasing your frequency because you can do it because I've seen you do it. So you go, oh, okay, I admire that about other people. I know I can do it, but perhaps not super intentionally or not as intentional as it could be. Like, what would it take to do a bit, a bit more of that? You are, you are correct. <laughs> the one other thing I would just mention on this is we've both given examples here of sort of 
external to our organization people and people who show up quite a lot on things like LinkedIn or Instagram but that is definitely because of our context if I had been answering this question when I was in Sainsbury's I would definitely have been talking about internal people where you wouldn't have seen their words or their work externally hardly ever and I don't think that matters so we don't want to fall into this trap which might make you go back to the ugh Mm. of thinking oh this always has to mean writing stuff that publicly is available I've seen people have brilliant visibility and increase their visibility really with quite an internal context you know or maybe you're in the creative world and that looks and feels very different and may or may not be about social media so I think I just don't want everybody to feel like oh it has to look like that to be right back to that point about well what's your context and what feels authentic for you small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, idea for action number three is focusing on a captive audience because then you'll have their attention. <laughs> so <laughs> this is where we started to get very practical about when we have both done this, what works? Like really practically what works? And I think if you try and get people to come to you or you're trying to add on to other people's days, that's always quite hard to get people's attention. Whereas if you focus on where people already are and you try to kind of go them, so meet them where they already are, and you know where people are already together you've just got this kind of moment in time where people have to listen to you so it's efficient and also it goes beyond what I think can sometimes be you know either a bit lazy or because we're a bit nervous where we hope an email update will do the job and I have definitely fallen into this trap before where you think okay well I need to update this person on this important piece of work I'm doing and I know they're busy and it'll be too hard to get time in their diary. So I'll just email them. And then, you know, in your head, you sort of tick it off your to-do list. But actually, has that email been read? Has it really increased the visibility of that project in a way that's going to be useful for you? Probably not. So this is where I would be starting to think about, well, if I need to go and spend time, let's say I need to influence the retail team. I'd be going, right, well, where do the retail team hang out? When do they get together? Can I get a slot on that team meeting? Do they have a weekly agenda where I could have just five minutes? Can I go and spend a day with them? And basically, maybe I spend a day learning a bit about them, but I also use it as a bit of an opportunity to talk to them about what I'm doing as well. 
So any time I think you can kind of meet people where they are, you sort of have to go out of your way, I think, to spend time in their world to then bring them into your world rather than, you know, that sort of tell thing. It's like, oh, well, I need to tell Helen about this project I'm really passionate about. So I'm sort of going to like force it on her sort of in a way that suits me and in a way that works for me versus thinking, right, so for example, if I'm going to influence Helen, I'm going to be thinking, right, Helen likes socialising. What sort of events might she be going to? Could I turn up to those events? Could I get an introduction? Could I invite her along to an event? Yes. Yeah, you see, look, (laughs) she's looking, I can actually see Helen today in in real life across the table from me. And already she's sort of beaming going, oh, what event? Maybe I could come along. Whereas actually that wouldn't work with me. So if you're trying to increase your visibility with me, you know, it might be more like, oh, well, send me a really interesting article and then invite yourself. Say, oh, could I come along and talk to your team a bit about this idea? I'd think, oh, yeah, that'll be useful. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And just on the inviting yourself into a meeting thing, I do think here five minutes seems a small amount of time, but it can make a really mm. big difference. Particularly what I have learned is where I'm bringing a different energy to that meeting. So in like corporate life when I've been working in big companies and there's been these really long meetings that actually tended to be in person when I was doing them but they were quite long yeah. and there's lots of updates and there's all that kind of you know and data and information uh, and those were the days not. not the most fun <laughs> meetings and then you can be the five minutes on that agenda that just brings a new energy something interesting insightful and you can say you know and if you'd like to hear more just get in touch with me afterwards or and I'll follow up with some more information after today but your five minutes of kind of freshness to that meeting can actually feel a lot more positive to people and I think it's that you know when Sarah talked about the context if the context of that meeting is pretty boring and you bring five minutes of kind of energy and interest then that is going to have sort of almost like a disproportionate benefit versus the time that you spent there. And one example recently from within Amazing If so Matt in our team works on our Squiggle and Stay project where we're working with loads of organizations across the world to experiment on new ways to encourage people to move around organizations And a few people in our team had commented, they were like, oh, we're not really sure what that is. And because Matt works with us one day a week, he's not naturally the most visible person in Amazing If. And so we were chatting about what that might look like. And rather than him just do a Teams message on Microsoft Teams to everyone, he recorded a really short video of him sharing what is Squiggle and Stay, why it's important, a bit of basically a bit of a project update. And that was just a small change to what you might normally do. But because he's great on camera, it was probably a bit disruptive. Like everyone on our team was like, oh, Matt sent us a video. And that's not something that we would normally do. Everybody watched that. And then I got really nice messages back. So if I think about for Matt, that has both increased his personal visibility across Amazing If, but also it's increased Squiggle and Stay's project visibility, which is the thing that he's kind of connected to. So rather than maybe our team thinking, or maybe Sarah's working on that, suddenly he's got a kind of stronger connection to it. So I just thought that was a small example of a a really smart thing to do that increased his visibility. Nice, really nice example and quite efficient as well. Really efficient. Idea for action number four is about knowing who matters most. So I think quite a few of the things that we've talked about so far have been increasing your visibility quite broadly. But what can make that more effective is when you're specific about the people that matter most. So when you're thinking about your squiggly career, where you might be developing and the things you might want to do with your development, thinking about well, who's going to have the most impact and influence over the things that I want to do and therefore who do I need to build my visibility with can just help you to be a bit more specific about 
who sees you doing what you do on a day-to-day basis. It's as simple as thinking about who are the three most important people and then how can I show up more visibly with them? Do you know what I used to do, which doesn't work? I used to be very good at increasing my visibility with people who I was already quite visible with <laughs> uh, because I liked them yeah, yeah, yeah. and because they liked me um, or like they admired me. We got on well. And so one of the things that then really helped me as I sort of progressed in my squiggly career was actually doing this, was really thinking, who are the three people who are going to unlock my visibility in terms of whether it's like my career or this particular, particularly on like projects or things that I'm working on. And it's often not those people that you maybe really want to spend time with or who you sort of enjoy and would look forward to. There might be people where you think, oh, I don't have that natural relationship with that person. I'm going to have to work a bit harder. So it's quite a good one to just challenge yourself to kind of do, make sure you're not doing more of the same. If you've already got some really good advocates and sponsors, brilliant, but sort of maybe you're thinking like, well, who else? Or are there kind of other people who might be even more important? You are actually doing some prioritizing here it's quite interesting you know you said about the visibility unlockers Mm. so there might be a direct person that you want to have more visibility with so I might have said like when I was in Microsoft I want the CEO at the time was Cindy Rose in the UK I want to be visible to her so like a direct connection yeah or it might almost be more indirect because it might be a visibility unlocker so if I think now about one of the things that we want to do is sort of build awareness of squiggly in the US it's almost like well who is an unlocker to that who has got a sort of access and influence in that area because if I sort of build visibility with that person they have the ability to impact lots of other people so it's sort of slightly two different people Mm. and I like that thought about like what can they unlock for you Mm. that's quite I think that might help you with just thinking about like who these people are and then idea for action number five is about using your values to influence your visibility so almost as we've been kind of talking about there's these different dimensions of visibility sometimes I think you're going right, I need this project to be really visible. Or to Helen's point, you know, maybe we're trying to grow in the US and we're going to really put a lot of effort and energy into that for a couple of months. I also think you have your sort of ongoing, almost like day-to-day visibility for sort of you and your career and where you want your career to take you. So again, Helen and I were doing this exercise earlier and we were both sort of saying to each other, if you were only going to be visible for one thing, like what, what do you want that to be? So you're getting close here to sort of what do you want people to say about you when you're not in the room? And what was interesting is before we kind of came up with the title for this idea for action, we both answered that question with one of our values. So I said ideas and Helen said energy. And then I think the sort of the next layer to this is once you've thought about, you know, what's the one thing you want to kind of be consistently visible for is then connecting that with the frequency of how much do you think that value is visible today? So if you're using that value all of the time in terms of your, like what you work on, the day-to-day stuff that you do, you sort of end up with a really useful level of natural visibility. So let's take Helen as an example. And she said energy. One of the things that we were both talking about is like, Helen brings energy to the podcast she records, the workshop she delivers, her client meetings when she's kind of creating career development programs, her one-to-ones with the team. So she felt like there was lots of examples of going, well, I bring energy to that. And then she goes out socialising and she brings loads and loads of energy. And she could think of loads and loads of examples. So I go, okay, well, brilliant. You sort of go, you're in the right kind of job that will kind of connect those dots. Great. Whereas actually when I then thought about it, I was thinking, oh, okay, well, for ideas and particularly 
my ideas tend to look like creating new things sort of starting from scratch I then thought about my week and and got to a very different conclusion which is that doesn't naturally happen and so actually if I asked our amazing if team if I asked maybe our clients or partners they wouldn't necessarily say that about me if I'm going to increase my visibility about kind of creating new value I probably have to be intentional about making that happen so I perhaps have to do something different I perhaps have to think about the projects that I work on or I perhaps just have to think about um how I say these things out loud to other people so that I signal oh well that's the thing I really want to be visible for actually when Helen and I were talking about it Helen mentioned something different to me she was like I think I'd say this about you in terms of something that's really visible and it wasn't that that was wrong and I didn't feel bad about that thing but I also thought well if that was Helen's go-to I think I'd want that to be slightly different so you know that point about you sort of have to speak what you seek until you see what you said I think that really applies here and this is the one I guess you would probably keep coming back to because lots of the others are a bit more tactical you sort of increase your visibility for a project or in a certain moment to sort of maybe try and make something happen and then you might not do it in quite the same way so you sort of might put a bit more energy into something and then sort of pause it for a bit and then come back to it but this is the one that I think you want to keep coming back to and thinking well am I visible in the right way so that I can go back to opening up those options and opportunities and possibilities that make our squiggly careers so interesting. And I think this one as well, when you get this one right, feels more authentic because your values are you. And it also sort of takes less effort. I don't have to work hard to Mm. add energy. I just have to make sure that that's part of what people see when when they work with me. So we've got two final tips and tactics, which we'll go through quite quickly. So the first one is to own your headlines and also to kind of make them memorable. So if I give you an example, if I want to be known for energy, I want that to be as easy as possible for people to sort of say about me when I'm not with them. And so sometimes if you can come up with like some little sticky statements that people associate you with, that can make that easier. So, I mean, I haven't done this, but let's say I wrote a weekly newsletter for the team on everyday energy like two or three ways to increase more energy into your everyday it was the sort of thing that I definitely would have done in corporate life I'd sort of we've got enough that we share with the team at the moment I don't feel like I have to do it but what that means is people might say oh do you know Helen Tupper does this like weekly post about like everyday energy it's really useful and so all of a sudden I start to get associated with energy because I've created something memorable and unique to me that sort of does the job for me. And we've both done things. It's whether you like name name the way that you run meetings or I had a manager who used to do like three things on a Friday that was always quite succinct and funny. And he was more visible because of that because people would be like, oh, that's my favourite email that I get each week. And then people would be like, oh, tell me more about it. And so other people start sharing you on your behalf and that makes your work and your words more visible as a result so own your headlines what do you want people to say and make them sort of as memorable as possible so that it's easy for people to share on your behalf yeah and I think just remember people can't remember very much (laughs) basically remember people don't remember and so I was just thinking about people I know who do this really well what they do is they do it consistently Mm. you know back to your examples there just listening to you and I was thinking Oh, uh, someone we both know called James Watley does five things on a Friday. Now, does he do that every single Friday? No, he sometimes misses a few weeks and then he's always quite funny about, oh, miss those couple of weeks or whatever because obviously work got a bit busy. But what he has done is he's done that for quite a lot of years. Yeah. So for years, he's kept coming back to that. And he is naturally kind of curious and thoughtful. And he uses this, he has this phrase like... provocative, right? Yeah, he's provocative. He has this phrase like, always go the extra click. 
you know, like to, to just sort of dig a bit deeper into something. And you feel like he really lives and breathes that philosophy as well as recommending that to other people. I think he gave us that career advice for Squiggly Career. I think that's in Squiggly Career book. He does that. And you just see that every time I read five things on a Friday, I just think, oh, he always goes the extra click. And that's brilliant because then he summarizes it for me in a really helpful way. But those are his statements that Sarah has now shared. So he's increased his visibility because he's yeah. made it easier for Sarah to say that because it's so sticky and memorable. That's exactly, exactly what we mean. So just think about what that might sound like for you and your work. And then the second um, tip and tactic is explicit asks versus assumptions. So what we're saying here is that you will increase your visibility if other people are sharing your work and your words on your behalf. But we can't just assume that someone's going to see it and say it or see it and share it. Sometimes we have to ask. And I will give you an example of this. So one of the things that Sarah and I want to be known for is the impact of our work, not just how many bits of career development we put out into the world, but the impact of it. And recently there is an an award for CEOs, for kind of high impact CEOs. And we said, oh, that would be a good award for us to go for because that's what we want to be associated with. Now, I can't just assume that someone's going to know that and nominate. (laughs) Hope for the best. Hope for the best that someone's (laughs) going to nominate me for this award. And so instead I made an explicit ask of someone who I feel is in a position of influence. And I explained why I wanted to be associated with that particular award and I asked them to put me forward for it and so I do think you know if you want your work to be more visible you have to recognize that other people can help you to do that but you can't assume that they'll know to do that automatically sometimes you do need to ask for that help it's so interesting isn't it I do sometimes I definitely sometimes get this wrong where you think oh surely people know me really well or they would know that that's really important to me and I've thought that about, you know, working when I've had people in my team and stuff. And then you have the very open conversations and you realise, oh, I, I'm not often surprised. Oh, I thought you knew that about me or I thought I knew that about someone else. So, again, you don't have to be aggressive about these asks because, <laughs> again, I'm just thinking I think some people listening. Share my post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be like, okay, please, please, could you do that? Like, But I just think this might be just thinking about... Um, I would always be very explicit in my asks to those people in my career community who are my cheerleaders and my champions. They would be my go-to people here. So whether it is because I want to have more space to start stuff from scratch and I'm looking for some support to do that and I want people to sort of advocate that on my behalf or whether that is a piece of work that I really want them to help me amplify, etc. I just think kind of know who those cheerleaders and champions are and they are great people to ask for explicit asks because... They will want to help you succeed. They will want to see you succeed in your squiggly careers. So if anything, you're just being specific about how they can help you. We actually did this on Friday. So I had made an assumption about an idea that we'd had that it wouldn't work. I said, Helen, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Basically, I said, I don't think we are cool enough or interesting enough to make this work. And Helen was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. And I said, oh, do you know what, though? I could explicitly ask someone who is one of our cheerleaders and champions let's test the assumption left her a voice note and said oh I know you've done this thing we would like to but we're sort of not sure tried not to talk myself out of it too much (laughs) but but gave ourselves that caveat and what is so interesting and I shared this with Helen the voice note we got back from that person was so upbeat and positive and so by me explicitly asking I'd sort of shared something that had increased our visibility it reminded her about something we're going to do. And she's actually then gone on to introduce us to the person that we need to talk to. So it may or may not happen, but we have been very explicit about that ask. And it just reminded me, sometimes you just hope, don't you? You know, back to the, your work will speak for itself. In my ideal dream world, 
this thing that we would quite like to do would have come to us <laughs> and like we'd have just got it just pops up in your inbox hello Sarah and Helen here is this interesting intriguing opportunity and it just all comes to you and you just pull everything your way but unfortunately I would say the reality is there are times where you just need to really explicitly ask but if you're doing it with people who support you it's not too scary so hopefully that has given you a few things to think about and some ideas for action in terms of you and your visibility. As we said at the start, all of those five ideas for action will be summarised in the pod sheet. So hopefully you've kind of listened, but then you can read that and almost work your way through each of those. And if you've got any questions or feedback as you do start to do that, you can always get in touch with us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone. I'm Mel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.